Welcome to the What is Happening in Salt Lake podcast series, brought to you by slc.gov and the Salt Lake Small Business Development Center. The purpose of the podcast series is to review topics relevant to Salt Lake-based business owners and startups, as well as to highlight success stories from other entrepreneurs. Welcome, everyone, to the Startup SLC podcast. Today, we're talking with Chris Hisla, business advisor for the SBDC, longtime banker and loan guru. He'll be telling us about the Paycheck Protection Program. Thank you. I think before we jump into it, we'll start with some introductions. I'm Will Wright with Salt Lake City Economic Development. Hi, everyone. I'm Roberta Reichel, also with Salt Lake City Economic Development. Hello, I am Antonella Packard, and I am with the Swasso Business Center. And I am Peter Collister with the Salt Lake SBDC. Chris, welcome to the program. Can you tell us just a little bit about your background? I was a lender for 23 years. My actual specialty when I was doing the main loans, going out and calling on clients, was clients who had been declined by two banks or more and asking the questions that other bankers did not bother asking that would uncover the way to make a loan work. Uh, I was a top 10 producer in all of California when I was out in California by taking people who had been declined by other banks and helping them get approved at a large bank. Well, very impressive. Well, we wanted to talk about the PPP program today. We know that there are a couple of rounds out there and there's a lot of confusion about what the program is and how entrepreneurs can take advantage of it. So I wanted to pick your brain. Uh, can you give us an idea of what is the PPP program? So there's two main SBA programs right now going on. So there's the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, also known as IDLE. Now, that is a loan that is not forgivable and does need to be repaid. Typically, it's about a 30-year amortization. And for profit businesses, it is three and three-quarter percent. For nonprofits, it's two and three-quarter percent. And you apply for that directly through the SBA. They have waived many of the normal requirements that have taken the time frame to get that economic injury disaster loan from two to three years down to a couple of months. And so that is a very viable option for some clients and customers and businesses. But the one that really has the most appeal is the payment protection program or the triple P because that one is forgivable. So if you spend the money the way that they are asking over a 24-week period, you can have it 100% forgiven. And this is open for corporations, nonprofits, uh, limited liability companies and partnerships, also limited liability companies that are what is known as a disregarded entity or DRE. What that means in English is these people file their tax return using a Schedule C, even though they're an LSD. And of course, it's also eligible for sole proprietors. And one of the really nice things is the SBA made some significant changes for the self-employed types last week that can dramatically increase the amount that you can get if you have not already gotten the loan. You can get another loan under the new amount, but you have to repay the entire one that you already have if you've got the second draw. So we can talk a little bit more about that later. But this is open for the round one. If you did not apply already, the window is back open again. And that is open pretty much for any company under 500 employees. For round two, it's for companies that are under 300 employees. Now, there are some exceptions for companies that are meet the SBA size requirements that have higher employee amounts than that. But for most companies, if you're under 300 employees, you're going to be fine. I haven't had too many companies I've heard of over 300 employees or 500 employees applying, especially lately, because there was a lot of flack for one of those bigger companies when they were publicly traded. One of the other nice things is, so essentially what we're taking is with the average monthly pay for the employees... And if you are not in the food service industry, then it is about a two and a half time multiplier. Well, it is a two and a half time multiplier. If your NASIS code starts with 72, so that covers restaurants, accommodations, hotels, places like that, that is one of the hardest hit industries. And they are using a 3.5 multiplier for the second draw. So I'm working with one restaurant, you know, they got around $70,000. And because of the changes on the, between the first draw and the second draw, we're now looking at significantly over a hundred thousand for their, for their second draw. 
So it can really help some of these companies that have been hit hard. Where do companies go to apply for the PPP loan and for the IDA loan? So to apply, typically you want to apply through your bank. Now, some of the bigger banks are near the end of what they're doing. I, I think they've kind of been overloaded. So you may want to reach out to the SBDC and find out if you're with a big bank or talk to the bankers there and find out if they're doing them. Other places that are offering the triple P loans, QuickBooks is offering triple P loans, PayPal, Acorn, uh, Zions is doing them for non-Zions Bank customers. They've been advertising that on TV. And there are a few others, and you can reach out to the Small Business Development Center. Lendio is another Utah company that has been offering those. And there are a few others that I, I can't think of the names now, but originally it was pretty much you had to go to your main bank, but now there are others who are willing to do it and other banks that are willing to do it. And some of the smaller banks are willing to use it as a way to help get you over. Um, and it's a, it's a great program. The loan terms are the same no matter where you go. The interest rate is like 1% and the interest and the payments are covered by the government for the first year. And then you can apply for forgiveness. You know, one of the, the things sometimes people feel like they may not be eligible and just to go over the key things. And most people I think will say, oh, that doesn't apply to me. And that would mean, yes, you're able. So if you are allowed to bid on government contracts, or in other words, you have not been disbarred. If you've been disbarred, you probably know it. If you've been disbarred, you're not eligible. If you have defaulted within the last seven years on an SBA or Department of Education loan, and they have taken a loss, you may not be eligible. Talk to someone at the SBDC. We can reach out to the SBA and, and see if we can clarify. You are presently in jail or under indictment or something like that. That could be a big issue. Uh, that doesn't apply to very many people. If you have been convicted of fraud or bribery in regards to a bank or government application in the last five years, then you probably are not eligible. And then the other requirement is you need to be a U.S. resident. You do not have to be a U.S. citizen, but you do have to be a U.S. resident and the company needs to be operating legally in the U.S. So, Chris, what are the main differences? Are there any notable differences between the round one of PPP and round two? And then like if I did qualify for round one, is it pretty much assured that I would be qualified for round two? Is it like different periods of time you're just looking at or... You can use either 2019 or 2020 data to figure out the amount of your loan. Most people are using 2019 because 2020 was pretty tough for most companies. The main difference between round one is it is for companies with 500 or fewer employees, whereas round two is for 300 or fewer employees. But if you qualify for round one, I cannot figure out a reason why you would not qualify for round two unless you have over 300 employees. Now, you do have to certify that you either have spent to get round two, you have to certify that you have spent or will spend the money from the round one before you get the money for round two. So just to clarify on that, if you have not applied for round one, you can apply. Then you can come in and apply for round two, but you want to get that in by the end of the month, if at all possible, because it may cloud off at the end of the month. But they will not fund round two until you have spent the money for round one. And you have 24 weeks or until you spend the money, to spend it on the eligible expenses. And that's another area that has expanded since the Triple P was first approved back 12 months ago in you know February, March of 2020. So originally, you had to spend 75% in eight weeks on payroll. And that worked out to roughly two months of uh, payroll for the, the company. And part of the motivation was to keep people from going on unemployment. Um, now you have 24 weeks to spend 60% of the loan amount on payroll. So that is the one hard and fast rule. 60% has to go on the payroll. Now, for self-employed, they are an employee. You know, it, it's kind of funny. I have friends across the country and they'll call me and it's like, Chris, I'm working with this client and they got declined on their forgiveness. 
And it's like, well, what was the reason? Well, they said they had no employees. And I said, well, okay, let's take a step back. They counted as an employee when they applied. They have to count themselves as an employee when they go to apply for forgiveness. If they say they have no employees, who are they paying? Oh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, and I understand for some business owners, that's an easy thing to forget, but that's something you definitely want to remember. In regards to what the other 40% can be spent for, that's really opened up because it used to be mortgage interest, rent, utilities. And now it is mortgage interest, rent, utilities, covered operational expenses, covered supplier costs, worker protection. So if you had to spend money, you know, putting up shields, buying personal protective equipment, all of that is an eligible expense now. Covered property damage. It was interesting. I was on a phone call this morning with one of my clients back east, and he mentioned opening up a building that had not had any of the business tenants inside for a year, and that they turned off the air conditioning, and they now had mold all over their air conditioning vents. For those of us who are old enough to remember, that is what caused Legionnaire's disease. And so going in and doing remediation of that would be an eligible property expense. You know, and it was it was kind of funny because I never even thought about that until he made the comment. I'm like, wait, isn't that what caused Legionnaires? They've got to clean that up before they reopen the building. I have one client. He's work. He's you know working to come from behind. He opened up in September of 2019. Got hit in you know February with stuff starting to shut down. Several months behind in rent. He will be able to use this triple P to essentially 100% catch up, which gives him you know a much better starting point. So that's what they can spend the money on. You know, another interesting thing, I made, I made the comment that the SBA has made a change. So it used to be, if you were looking at a Schedule C, so there's three main parts of the Schedule C. You've got the top part, which talks about revenue and cost of goods sold. So if you're a retailer, that's inventory. You know, if you are a contractor, that's your materials, maybe even your labor. That gives you your gross income. And then you have your other expenses, insurance, travel, regular wages, depreciation. Well, they used to base it on the bottom line, which was net income. And the SBA made a ruling change that now enables you to use line seven of Schedule C, gross profit, to figure out how much you are eligible for as a sole proprietor or an LLC. Now, you subtract out the wages that you pay because we calculate that separately. You know, but for someone who might say, you know, has $100,000 of revenue and $50,000 of cost of goods sold, their gross profit is 50 grand. So they are now basing it on 50 grand and their bottom line probably was very, very small, maybe only a few thousand. And so this really helps companies uh, that are you know, self-employed with some employees or without employees get a much better amount. And I've had quite a few. The maximum per employee equates to $100,000 a year, or about 8300 per month. And I've had a lot of small businesses self-employed where this now puts them up to where they're able to get about a 20 plus thousand dollar loan instead of a four or five thousand dollar loan. So that one really can help a lot of the companies. Now, on the, the catch is, like I said, if you've already gotten the loan, you cannot go back and change it. But if you're still applying, then you can do that, that new rule. So with the new round of PPP money, how does a company determine if they're eligible to apply for it? Are they a company? <laughs> do they have income that produce some gross profit if they're self-employed? Do they have wages that they're paying? Pretty much any one of those last two will make you eligible for the triple P. You know, I've had some conversations with some people. You know, I remember one guy, he goes, well, you know, I had $30,000 of top line revenue. My gross income was around 11. And you know, it's not too hard to go, Ooh, 11 divided by 12, that's under $1,000. So we're looking at less than $2,500. For them, then you probably are best off going after the unemployment because that's going to give you more money to, to help. And, and as you guys may recall, part of this program, when we passed it back in February as a country, 
was to now make independent contractors and self-employed people eligible for special unemployment benefits. You know, the assistance that has been provided is unparalleled anywhere in the world that I have been able to find. You know, it, it doesn't fit everybody. No, it's not going to fit everybody. Nothing can. But it gives more people help than any other program. Ooh, the one thing that I did not write down on my notes. Yes, you have to show for any one quarter between 2019 and 2020, and remember any one quarter, a 25% or greater drop in revenue to qualify for the triple P second draw. I have actually worked with some companies who were essentially unchanged for the year, but all of them have added one quarter that was down at least 25%, usually more like 50% or more. That is usually something that is pretty easy for these companies to, to do, especially if they're hurting. If their revenues went up, then they're probably not hurting too much. Does that have to be a, a calendar quarter or can it be a fiscal quarter? As an example, could I compare April, May, and June? I guess that would be a calendar quarter as well. Uh, May, April, and uh, you get the, the point. Yeah. You know, I actually haven't had that one come up. I think if you were not, so if you were working with a fiscal year that does not have traditional quarters, then you would have to explain why you're using that quarter. But frankly, every company I've worked with, if we just use a calendar quarter, they've got one quarter that works, if not two. So can companies apply for that second round of PPP money if the first round has not been forgiven? Yes. Um, All you have to do is certify that you have used it for eligible expenses. And for the first round, unless you are applying this year, the end of the period ended December 31st. So if I, I have one client who got approved on the very last day of the program in 2020. So she was about 21 weeks, I think it was, because it ended on December 31st. But you just have to certify that you have used it according to the requirements, which are the same for both the second draw and the first draw. So when they applied, they may have had a 75% requirement for payroll. It's now 60%. When they applied, it may have been an eight-week period. It's now a 24-week period. There was one thing I thought of um, as we were going over that. I can't remember now what it was. But um, but yeah, you just have to certify it. If they're applying for the draw one this year, they certify that they have spent it and then they can get funded for draw two. Now, in regards to why is that significant? Well, the rules changed in December and the SBA wasn't even able to update all of the rules until March. So many of the banks were not even able to accept forgiveness in January and February in the first week or so of March because the rules hadn't been finalized. So that allows you to apply, get the money and keep this economy going. Well, for any listeners out there who want to apply for a PPP loan but don't know where to get started, where can, what resources are out there to help entrepreneurs navigate these programs and other grant programs? One of the things that a lot of people have said is, oh, just call your bank. And the thing to understand is that the banks are, ha- this is unprecedented. A bank normally might service 30% of their clients in the course of a year for a loan. Now they're doing 80% in the course of a few months. Um, I have one banker friend, you know, we were talking earlier, you know, he's going from 6 a.m. to 1 a.m. And he's not commuting. He's working from his house. So, you know, he's doing like a, a 20 plus hour day just trying to keep up with all this triple P stuff for his bank. So one of the best resources as part of the COVID recovery programs, the small business development centers have been given some additional funds so that they can provide additional resources and help companies do the applications. They can help with both the economic injury disaster loan as well as the triple P. Right now, I'm not aware of any grant programs that are currently available, but the December bill, I'm sure included funding for those. And the recently passed bill will have programs coming. And we've heard that the cities are trying to come up with ideas 
and determine which are the best and most effective ideas to help the most companies that have been hit hurt. Another really good resource for companies, especially those that maybe speak Spanish first. Now, I do know a lot of the SBDCs have Spanish-speaking counselors, but the Suazo Center is an excellent resource here that is only a unique wing to the, the Wasatch Front. And they also do business counseling and they can help with the triple P loans. That is, as I recall, that is free also. And now if, if I'm wrong, go ahead and let me know, but I'm pretty sure that's free. Actually, Chris, it is It is true. It is free. Yeah. And we also help with the forgiveness paperwork because, as you know, that is one hot mess. Oh, yes. You know, and, and going into the forgiveness, um, so, you know, your payroll reports and the main line of documentation that you spent the 60% on payroll, if you are self-employed, the best protection is to pay yourself by check and make a copy after it's cleared so that you can present that as documentation. I did have one client I was working with and she said that her bank actually asked her for that, you know, because this is a government thing. It doesn't have to make sense. It has to check the box. Now, I've had some clients I've worked with and it's been like, hey, pay yourself a salary. Go ahead and put the money back in your business. There's no rule against that. But, you know, you've got to show that you paid yourself according to the rules because you are considered an employee. So they want documentation that you paid yourself. Now, corporations, usually the owners are paid wages in a Schedule C or a partnership, then you need to document that the money was actually transferred because there's, you know, it's a little different for those. We won't go into the nuances of that. Then also documenting, you know, what you spend on utilities, things like that. You know, some people have said, oh, I want to keep this in reserve. And I say, whoa, 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 stop. You spend this money on these eligible expenses. That's going to give you some breathing room on the other expenses but you make sure you document you spend 100% of that money on something that's eligible. Don't go stick it in a savings account and not spend it on an eligible expense and expect to get it forgiven. You've got to be able to show that you spent that money. Payroll reports, canceled checks, things like that. Now, the forgiveness documentation, if you have under $150,000 loan, is streamlined, but they still have the right to come back and ask for some support. Chris, I've got one question that I've got to get in here before we let you go. And this is highly self-motivated, but can restaurants and bars use Triple P for outdoor dining and patios and things of that nature? Let me ask clarification on that. When, when you say use it for outdoor dining, you mean to procure the equipment required to enable that to be done safely? Yes, sort of for all aspects of uh, patio dining, outdoor dining. Okay, so in regards to that, that's a great question. And so that would be part of an operations expense. You know, they, they, all they say is covered operations offense. So that sounds like it would definitely qualify. Um, now, remember also supplier costs are covered. So I don't know how you're going to get that equipment and stuff if you have to buy it without paying a supplier. So that would qualify as a supplier expense and certainly the labor to put it in place if you have your team do it. And, and most people I know in the hospitality industry, they're pretty quick to have their team do stuff that they can, especially in these types of times so that they can give them some income. So yeah, that would definitely be an eligible expense and perfectly make sense. By the way, I've had several clients I've worked with that when they got the first triple P, they kind of, I mean, one of them literally said, you know, I did an exercise once where what would I do if I got a $50,000 check? What would I do to my business? And, and the business got impacted. And she got a triple P loan for 47500 And she looked at it and she goes, oh my gosh, this is as close as I'm ever going to get to a $50,000 check. What have I wanted to do that I could afford to do? Hey, we're slower. I'm going to put my employees to work on this project. She has created an entire new line of business that I would say in three years will probably triple the annual revenue of what current business is. So some of these companies that are kind of in a, in a you know, standstill, this is the time to do what you always wanted to do and you never had the time or the money to make it work. Turn this into a lemonade like you wouldn't believe. 
So hopefully that answers your question. Well, Chris, I appreciate your time coming on and giving us your knowledge and expertise. If any of our listeners have additional questions, how can they get in touch with you? So who to reach out to? So you can go to Utah SBDC. And SBDC in English means Small Business Development Center. UtahSBDC.org can connect you. You go there and the first thing you'll see is consulting services. Request free one-on-one management consulting. And a big red white button says request services. And you can pick the location that is closest to you. We have them from St. George to Brigham City and Logan. The Salt Lake one is located down in Sandy at the Miller campus, but we have satellite locations throughout the valley. Right now, most of the meetings are being done via Zoom, so it really doesn't matter where you are. And that is the best way to request services. If you were to want to call the Utah Salt Lake Regional SBDC, that number is 801-957-5441. But the best way to do it is to go to utahsbdc.org and to request services. Thank you, Chris. Great, Chris. Thank you.